This is Photo Biz X, episode number 381, and today we're talking with an underwater photographer who has also diversified her business to photograph weddings, events, commercial work, videography, commission documentary work, and a cafe slash restaurant. <laughs> she is doing it all and in a tiny, tiny town with a population of only 3,000 I'm talking about V. Brosig, and her interview's coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. This is one of those fun, feel-good, but still business-focused interviews. I know that you're absolutely going to fall in love with V and the way she's built the kind of business that she has. So that interview is coming up in just a minute. If you have caught last week's episode, you would have heard me saying there's going to be a second interview released last week, another COVID feel-good type interview. There was a mix-up between me and my VA, so we weren't able to get that out to you last week, but I'll be releasing that episode this week in addition to today's episode with V. Next week, I've got something special lined up with you, and I have some incredible interviews in the pipeline for the remainder of 2020. Now, if you didn't catch last week's episode with Sarah Churcher, she talked about a strategy to still be able to photograph your clients and their families, whether or not you're in lockdown. It was a strategy using multiple mobile phones, using the husband or a partner to actually do the photos while you're conversing with them on Zoom to direct and find the best light in the location of the home that they're photographing in. It's not a strategy to build a profitable business, but it is a fantastic way to make sure you can still keep your clients happy, build a fantastic relationship with them, get noticed in your local community to build brand awareness and to stay creative, sane and generate some income at the same time. So if you haven't heard that interview with Sarah, whether or not you take on her strategy, I know that you'll get a ton from what she had to share in last week's episode. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Just before we jump into this interview with V. Brosig, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. And what that means is you won't be hearing the full interview today with V because I do save a very large portion of the second half for premium members only. So if you are running a, a diversified business or looking to, maybe you are operating from a, a small town, maybe you love underwater photography, maybe you live in a tourist destination, whatever your reason, if you fall in love with the way V is approaching her business and her life and her lifestyle, and you love what she shares in the first half of this interview, you will absolutely not want to miss the second half of this interview. And you can do that as a premium member for as little as $1 with a trial membership. Head over to photobizx.com forward slash try to learn more about that. photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. From what I can see online, today's guest has to be the ultimate photography entrepreneur. 
She's based in Exmouth, Western Australia, where the population is around 3,000. That's right, 3,000. It's 1,250 kilometers north of Perth and seriously remote. She has multiple facets to her business, including underwater and marine photography, weddings, elopements, and what looks like a cafe slash restaurant. She's originally from Brazil. She started out as a videographer in the whale shark industry, capturing the interaction of tourists and the local whale sharks. Her photography has been displayed in National Geographic, dive magazines, tourist centres, cafes, resorts, and other public and commercial locations. And today, she's commissioned for commercial event portrait and wedding photography. I'm talking about V Brosig of Blue Media, and I'm rat to have her with us now. V, welcome. Thank you, Andrew. So excited to be here. <laughs> so tell me, I mean, it sounds like you have an incredible business and a diverse range of businesses. Am I right in saying that you have the photography and a cafe restaurant? Yes, absolutely right. Yeah, I do have all the photography business in town, and uh, which is the wedding, as you said, the underwater and the elopements. And my husband has a cafe that is shared for both of us. Yeah. So we do have a cafe in town as well. And am I right in saying that the population is around 3,000 people in Exmouth? Yeah, yeah, it is about 3,000 people that live here. But in whale shark season, and which is right now, we do have a lot more that come and stay. It goes to about 15,000 people in town. And this year, especially with COVID, we had you know, influx of over 60,000 people. So yeah, it was a very exciting times for us. So hang on, how do you get a surplus or extra people during COVID? I thought everything's getting locked down and no one can come in or out of WA. Oh, exactly. But because we have so much to offer and tourism is so strong here, everyone came from everywhere in WA to Exmouth to go to the sunshine and swim with whale sharks and see humpback whales and do a lot of fishing. So yeah, the town, everyone that would otherwise be going to Indonesia or overseas, they came to Exmouth. <laughs> Unreal. So COVID has actually been good for your business and your town. Absolutely. COVID really boomed our little town and we are very, very busy and it's very exciting times for all of us. Wow. Okay. I want to dive into the different businesses in a minute, but am I right in assuming that most of your income is generated by tourists? It's not so much by local population? Yeah, yeah, you can say that. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, with my photography business, I would say that's half and half. I do have a lot of um, my clients are actually the resorts here and the business in town that I do a lot of promotional and marketing for them. So I do have a lot of consistent clients that, that we have a great relationship. And I would say that's half of my income. And then the other half is the underwater whale shark photos and landscape of the reef that there usually goes to, to the tourist town, visit the reef, fall in love and want to take an image home to frame or to put it on the wall and have it forever. Nice, nice. So with your businesses, if I was to go and talk to your accountant or if you were to ask your accountant if you didn't know, which is the most successful arm of the business? Oh, I think the most successful, I would say, it's uh, Blue Media Exmouth, which is based on underwater and based on the tourism here. The wedding business, the elopement side of it, it's growing. We only have that in conjunction with another three friends, and it's uh, really taking off because of COVID again. But I would say that Blue Media Exmouth will be 50% of my whole income. And then the other 50%, what does that come from? The weddings and elopements and commercial work, cafe? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, Blue Media X Mouth, they do all the underwater and the printing and portraits and, um, you know, the marketing for the local business and a lot of drone photography now. It's, yeah, it gives 50% off my total income. Yes. Nice. So let me just ask you then quickly, because I want to come back to Blue Media if that's where the bulk of the business is coming from. But with the weddings and elopements, you said you've joined forces with some other people. So what's the business structure there? What's going on with that side of the business? So with Elope to Ningaloo, it's a collaboration between four friends. So one is their local celebrant, Hillary. She's amazing on what she's there. She's got a lot of experience in weddings. And the other part is Jeff. She does all the styling part of the elopements. So she has all the gear, all the beautiful styling elements. And then myself and Kat, which is another friend, we do photography and videography between both of us. So, yeah, four women working together, making elopements in Exmouth incredibly exciting and simple and easy for the couples to elope to Ningaloo. Okay, so you've set up a separate website in conjunction with the other women. This is the Elope to Ningaloo. And if someone books one of you, does that mean they have to book all four of you? Usually it has never really happened to us for them to just want to book one. Yeah, we work as a team. It's easier for them to book all of us. We're friends. We know everything in town. We have the local knowledge. We have the suppliers. Yeah, we have the experiences. So, yeah, we usually work as a team. Great. And then whose idea was it to start this business? I think we just brainstormed. We were working together in the industry and we just brainstormed together one day. I pretty much think it was like over some cocktails. We were like offer some packages and then just make it simple for the couples to do this without the stress. Nice. So then do you all have your own individual pricing? Do you keep all that separate? No, we work together as a packaging structure. So we divided in what we think it's our individual value. So we set up few packages for Elope to Ningaloo. I think we have six packages now, which some include uh, Elope to one of the luxury eco resorts here that sells sellers. And then at Manta Rays, that's another resort. And then some simpler packages that they can just Elope on the beach, just the two of them. So the price structure is usually one base price for the celebrant because her work doesn't really change so much. And then another price structure for the stylist because it varies with the type of styling that she does according to so many people and where the location is going to be. And the photography and videography price, it's another, yeah, it's another component. But we have it all together for them according to package. What's the middle package? How much does that cost roughly? Middle package will be about $5,000. So, yeah, for them to elope to Tokos Bay, which is one of the 10 best beaches in the world. Okay, so let's say I'm going to elope with my fiancé. I contact you. I'm going to pick the $5,000 package. Then that means that the photography and the videography is all set out. I don't need to do anything else. I don't make any changes. I just I get you and I get the other women in that price. Absolutely. So we give you a few options with all our brochures and our packages. You can choose from $3,000 to our highest package that I think it's in Coral Bay. It's a micro wedding package that's, I think it's about, I can't remember now, but it's about $8,000 is our higher package. So really affordable. And then you don't have to do anything. You just have to send your documents to the celebrant and we'll take care of the rest. <laughs> nice. I like it. So you would all still have your own individual contracts, wouldn't you, with a couple? We sure do. We have our own individual contracts, yes. Got it. Fantastic. Okay, I love that. 
So tell me about the underwater photography part of the business. So did you come as a tourist to Australia first or did you come out here as a photographer looking for work? Like how did it all start? Well, my father was a photographer and back in Brazil and I grew up watching him developing film in, in our house. So he was an architectural photographer and I always been exposed to great images and lots of black and white images. And so I have that inspiration that came from my dad. And when I moved to Australia, I met my husband here. I started doing scuba diving and my passion for underwater photography started then in Byron Bay at Julian Rocks. And then we moved to Exmouth because I was set up to do videography for the whale sharks back in 2009. From then, that's how everything happened. You know, I started working on the tourism boats and doing videography and photography for the whale sharks on a daily basis and then start branching out. When the whale sharks gone, I would still carry on working for you know, the local business, and then I start doing portraits, and then friends start asking for us to photograph their weddings, and that's how everything evolved, a really good collaboration and a good sense of community and taking the job really serious and being reliable, I think. Yeah, that's how everything grew. So when you made the move from Byron Bay to Exmouth, did you have a contract at that point for the tourism board, or who was that with? Well, there was just a mutual friend, was a connection, and Funny enough, I always had a dream to see whale sharks, but I never could believe that I actually got offered that job to work with them. But it was a mutual friend that used to work here, and we met him in one of our trips. And, um, and um, yeah, and she sets me up with this great boat, which I still work today. It's been 11 years working with the same team. And, yeah, that's how everything started. I came to Exmouth. We used to have a house there. We sold everything there, and then we just brought our dogs to Exmouth. We fell in love, and we never left. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And, look, and just for the listener, if you get a chance, like even right now, like pause the interview, go and check out V's Instagram page. She's got multiple Instagram feeds, but the blue media Exmouth to get an idea of the kind of photography she does because it will blow you away. I mean, she looks like she is living the dream. Is that how it still feels or does it feel like a job? It does feel like I'm still living the dream. And today where I'm talking to I'm talking to you, I know that there's orcas there. They're just about to be milling around and I'm line up to go and get a boat and go and photograph them. How exciting is that? You know, I have that flexibility to get paid doing absolutely what I love and chase those magnificent animals on a daily basis. Everything is um, it changes on a daily basis. It's incredible, yes. Because what did you say to me? Like just before we hit record, you said, Andrew, I might have to cut this interview short because I'm expecting a phone call. So what was the story? What's this phone call that you're expecting? So right now we have some orcas that come and feed on the humpback whale calves because we have the migration right now. And we just got the call that the orcas are pretty close to town around Lighthouse Bay. And I'm doing a lot of filming for a production company that's got a project that it's still very confidential, so I can't talk too much about it. But I'm lined up for when great events like that happens when the orcas are around or the other day I went and filmed a dead humpback whale on an isolated island. And when things like that happen, I'm on standby for the production company to set up a boat and I'll just go and photograph them and film those events. So, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. It's for a pretty exciting film that's going to happen, Australian production that's going to be, yeah. So is that a local production company or is this someone that's come in from interstate or down in Perth? Like, Who is it that's actually hired you to photograph and be on standby? 
Well, this company is called Artemis and they are based on Fremantle in Perth. Yeah, this is a specific one, but I'm also working for different companies. But this one specific for the AUKUS today is with Artemis based in Fremantle in Perth. So what happens if you were out on one of the tourist boats filming now and the production company needs you to come and film the AUKUS? Like what happens? Yeah, well, then we have a good network of few fellow filmmakers and videographers and photographers here. That's four of us that we have a little chat group there. If one of us are not available, send the other. We're working together on this specific project. So, yeah, right now I'm waiting for a friend that's coming, that he's also filming in Coral Bay, but he's coming, so he's on the way. That's why I'm trying to <laughs> to talk to you and waiting for him to arrive and then so we can get this boat and jumping and hopefully the orcas will be there still. <laughs> okay, so just let me go into the business side of this. So this production company, have they contracted you? Do you charge them by the hour? Like how does the pay or the fee structure work? Yeah, so we do have a contract. We set up our daily fees. If there's any events like that, we've invoiced them for our daily rate. It's around $1,000 a day. And we just go there and we do the job and we get as much as we can and everything else gets paid for at the boat and yeah. Okay, so the $1,000 is really, that's profit to you. That's your fee. Yeah. Nothing else to come out. Yeah, that's our daily fee for the event. So it doesn't really mean that we have to be shooting for a whole eight hours or 12 hours. It's whatever the event's happening. So we have a really good relationship and, you know, we trust each other. And if there's things happening, we're going to stay there as much as we can. And we want to do that. We want the best. We want to capture. We want to tell stories. We want to get great photography and promote the area and do amazing films. So that's it. That's our daily rate. And, but yeah, that doesn't mean that it's the whole day. It could be only an hour, for example. If everything is finished, then we still get paid. We still invoice them the same amount that's um, per contract. Right. Okay. So let's say you were out with a tourist boat and then you had to call one of the other four in your group. That means they all get the $1,000 instead of you because you're out doing something else. Yeah, absolutely. Because we are on standby for this specific project. So it's likely that one of, um, Somebody else is already there, like I was with the orcas yesterday on the tourism boat and I filmed them, but the weather wasn't as good as it is today. So today is our window to go and film them properly for this specific project with Artemis. But um, whoever is available to go, will go. We charge if it's two of us or three of us. That means that we're going to get more footage, better quality, different angles. One of us can do videography. The other one can do drone. The other one can, you know, just focus on a long lens and get incredible detailed shots and then we'll individually charge our daily rate oh okay so if you have three photographers out there doing different things the client will pay three thousand dollars per day yeah yeah if it's three of us and if it's an event that we can justify that all of us can go and capture amazing things wow okay yeah that's what we want we wanted to capture this incredible event you can't plan for that so you know, on standby when it happens we are ready to go so tell me what happens, let's say the phone rings, okay, we're good to go, the boat's ready. What do you walk out of the house with? Have you got scuba gear ready to go? Have you got camera gear? Like what do you take with you? When you I can see you laughing on camera. <laughs> yes, exactly. I do have a lot of gear. I have a pelicase with um, two drones for batteries. I have my two underwater housing, two cameras. They both shoot 4K. I have a variety of lenses. I have two dry DSLRs, <laughs> so I pretty much 
leave the home with mask and fins, a weight belt, two complete setup for housing spawn the water gear, and two complete setup for dry camera for top side. <laughs> wow. Okay. So the boot of the car is full. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It's a couple of tabs. Uh, yeah, we try to keep to the minimum. So we quite often don't bring food or water or anything like that. <laughs> and you said today's job, it's orcas feeding on, did you say baby humpbacks? Yeah, yeah. That's the main source of food here, even though they eat other things like sharks and dolphins and yeah. So is that a dangerous situation for you to go into while they're feeding? Yeah, it could be a dangerous situation. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to go in the water if they're feeding, but we're probably going to try to dunk our underwater cameras in the water from the boat. We're going to get aerial photos and footage. We're going to, yeah, try our best, but we always have to keep it safe, yes. Okay. So do you have to have some special kind of insurance to cover you and your gear? Absolutely. You do have to have insurance. I have a public liability insurance. I have all my gear insured and we also under the production company insurance. Right. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Insurance is very important on our photography business. Yeah. Yeah. And do you own the copyright for the footage and the images that you take? Yeah, for this is uh, if I'm shooting, for example, a tennis, they will own the copyright because they are paying us to go and get the footage. So they will own that. But usually when I am doing weddings or events or on the way of shark boats, I own the copyright of the footage and the photos. And I sell that as I stock images and uh, yeah, that's all mine. But if you're on the daily rate and if you're going out to shoot for someone, then it's not your footage anymore. You pretty much become just the camera person. Right, got it, got it. And do you use a specific or multiple stock libraries for your images? I do, I do, but this is an ongoing work. I have about 30 hard drives waiting to be selected and (laughs) organised. 30? 30 hard drives? 30 hard drives that I need to... Probably just pay someone to make categories of wildlife and portraits and this. I have a chaotic order, but that I can't understand. I can understand, but it could be better. My library could be way better in my stock footage and photo system. Yeah. Are you making any income from stock at the moment? I do. I do make a little bit on um, Shutterstock, but. Basically, I sell a lot of footage for the Exmouth Shire, for Pubra, you know, all for the news. I work a lot with Channel 7 and Channel 9. Quite often, if there's um, something happen, if there's like a rescue boat that just happened, they need um, stock footage of the area. Or sometimes I sell like footage of a wildflower in bloom or anything like that. I do have a, a consistent flow of stock footage that is required yeah so let's say you come back from a session or shoot and you have some fantastic like anything on instagram feed for example then do you go and contact those different media outlets or do you wait for them to see and ask you for images i don't contact anyone <laughs> I don't contact anyone because i'm so busy as it is that i really don't contact anyone they usually find me i'm very grateful because Our main point of contact here would say if a production company wants to do anything in town, they go and contact the Shire. The Shire have a list of people that are available to help and they contact me. They find me. And I think they find me more through website and word of mouth than Instagram. I'm not very active on social media. 
because I'm so busy, that puts me on the bottom of the priority list to be uploading, <laughs> doing social media. It's incredible. I mean, like I've brought up your Instagram feed a couple of times because it's an amazing portfolio. I mean, you have 12,500 followers. So it's interesting to hear you say that you don't get much work from Instagram. Yeah, I feel that my work, it's more word of mouth and recommendations from people here and for my clients that have been building relationships for the past 11 years living in Exmouth. Wow. Let me take you back to that time when you and your husband and the dogs moved from Byron Bay and you come into such a small community. Were you well accepted right away or did it take a little while to fit in? I was very well accepted. This community is incredible. It's so friendly and safe and welcoming. I was very accepted. I felt great about it. I think what I start doing, a lot of people fade out on that. Some people left the industry. I just kept going and kept going and trying to find creative ways to keep active just doing photography. A lot of my colleagues, they were doing whale shark photography at the time that it is a seasonal job. They would go to another town in summer or down south where it's cooler and do all that sort of work or, you know, work in supermarkets or, you know, work in hospitality. I pretty much stick to my guns. I became creative. I hold my grounds of photography. It wasn't easy, always easy through summer because I didn't have a lot of clients, but I worked on it. I became a consistent source of I, I try to deliver my projects really quickly with quality and I pretty much got the trust of the community and more and more work start building up for me over the years that I got to the point that I've been working for probably nine years solely with photography. Yeah, I didn't have to do any, you know, to support income with any tourism work apart from being a photographer and a videographer and a filmmaker. So good, so good. So when you got that initial contact, you know, you made the move and you went onto the boat. I mean, I get the feeling that you would have been, I don't know, I don't want to say taking, but you almost would have been taking another photographer's job. I mean, here's this outsider coming in, walking straight onto a boat, getting paid good money. I mean, did you get that feeling at all? I did get a little bit of that feeling. I mean, it wasn't so much like that because the photographer that was working on the boat that I was, he was there for five years and he was developing another project out of town and that's how I landed in. So I wasn't stepping into anyone's shoes at such. The opportunity was there really. But um, yeah, he did joke a few times that he kind of regret leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we are really good friends and he changed directions totally because it is a very exhausting job to be working on the whale shark boats day after day. You know, it, it can be really cold. It can be really rough. But um, i always been so appreciative for the opportunity that I, I took it and I never let go. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me and the listener a little bit more about the whale shark boat. So I get the idea that this is like a, is it a three to four month period through winter when the whale sharks are there? And that's when all the tourists come in. So are you on a boat every single day during that period? While there's tourists, you're on the boat. Yes. Now, so I worked, um, I developed a really good relationship with Ningaloo Blue Boat. That's the first boat that I did my first season back in 2009. I then worked for, I think, about eight years doing pretty much every day 
while the whale sharks were there on this specific boat. So the season starts in about March and finishing about end of August, September. So it wasn't pretty much an everyday job, yeah, for this big chunk of time. Yeah, so it was every day. That was the question, wasn't it? <laughs> so it really is seven days a week for six months of the year. Yes, absolutely. And he was, and he was there for a long time. And I kept going. I had, you know, meltdowns sometimes in the middle <laughs> in July when it was really, really cold and you're exhausted. But every day was incredible. It was such a different adventures. We would see amazing creatures, tiny little nudibranchs or incredible massive blue whales that would just swim past. They blew my mind every day. And because of that, you know, I just kept going. I had no doubts that what I was doing is perfect for me. I love it. I love. It. So with those days on the boat and those days that you still have now, are you shooting on spec and hoping that the tourists, the clients buy your photography or are you getting paid a day rate by the boat? Yeah, so back on the day, I used to charge $60 for each customer for my videos and photos. These days, and that was like that until last year. So last year, I trained a friend to start working on the boats for me so I could be freed up for all the other jobs that I have now with a to Mingaloo, with Blue Media Weddings and doing a little bit at Bamboo, which is the coffee shop and also working, you know, for the big resorts and all that. I trained a good friend to be a videographer and photographer in one of those boats, the boats that I've always been working in. And then now I own pretty much do two or three days a week. But in the beginning, I was charging $60 for each group of customers. So the boat can take 20 people. It could be four families of five or it could be 10 couples. And I'll get 60 bucks from each because everyone pretty much buy the videos and the photos. They love it. It's an incredible day. So I was making a fair bit then and I never put the price up. It was always $60 for all that long and it still is $60 except now I get on top of the $60 from the videos, I get a flat rate of $275 just to be there because I'm bigger and better now. (laughs) (laughs) I can. (laughs) So tell me about when you introduced that extra $275. Was that a scary thing? (laughs) Because uh, that was when I felt that with um, GoPros and a lot of underwater cameras being so accessible, I wasn't making enough for me to justify me being on the boat a whole day when I have so much more work flowing on the side that it would be a lot to ask for me to be a whole day tied up on the boat for, you know, only $300 or sometimes a little bit less, sometimes a little bit more. So because we have a really good relationship with the boat operator, he's a dear friend and, you know, we've been working together for 11 years. He said, I'll pay you. I'll pay you this fee. I really wanted you to keep going. I want you to keep doing photos and videos. So I'll pay you for the photos and then you just get the money for the videos straight from the customers. Right. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Two more questions to finish off. Where is the best place for the listener to go and see more of your work? I mean, I've talked about Instagram, but you think the website is better? Oh, my website needs a bit of work as well. The best place to see my art would be 
you know, if you are in Exmouth, you can see all of my artwork around the resorts and on the coffee shops and on locals' homes. They are everywhere. I have a single series of postcards that everyone sees on the news agency in the tourism center. I have my work on massive three meters banners in the middle of town on the street, making the town really beautiful. I feel that to really get to know us and our business, it's such a personal experience that, that the best would be to be in town. I love that. That's the first time after nearly 400 interviews that an interview guest has said, you have to come to my town to see my work. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's great. Andrew. Yeah, that's how I feel. The, let me just finish off by asking you, because you spent so much time in the water around so many tourists and divers. <laughs> Have you ever had a, like a, a scary moment, you know, somewhere where someone's been in danger or you've been in danger or something that comes to mind, you think, wow, that was a close call? Yeah, I had some really close calls off humpback whales, but nothing that made me feel scared as such. Humpback whales coming really, really close and moving very suddenly and you know, the pack fins are massive. It's one third of the size of the body and they can be 16 meters in length. So the pectoral fins can be really, really powerful and huge. And I had a humpback whale that all of a sudden came really close to us and started slapping the pectoral fins and that was quite close to me. I didn't feel threatened because I know it wasn't um, a behavior, there wasn't any aggressivity at, at all. But yeah, I was like, oh, that actually could have hurt me. Um, <laughs> Were you on the surface or underwater? I was in the water, yeah. Was- on the surface? On the surface. Wow, so that was dangerous. Snorkeling. I was snorkeling. I had close encounters with tiger sharks in really murky water that made me scared when they are just come up from nowhere and they are right on your face. Wow. Even though I don't have such a fear of sharks, I did a few times that had to shoot them away with my dome and my camera. Sometimes if I feel threatened, I'll just charge towards them and then they go away. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is crazy. And do you have stingers? Do you have the marine stingers at Ningaloo, like they do in North Queensland? Yeah, yeah. We do have lots of fly stingers with um, Uriganji syndrome. I had some on me that was quite painful. We had some customers on our boat that got stung by Uriganji, and I could see them incredible pain and just getting worse and worse. The stingers, it is a worry, but we can see them here. Because they are visible to the eye, so we know what they look like. We know not to touch them. With the camera, it's quite easy to dodge them as well, but we have to be aware. We have to to always be looking in front of you to have that vision, to see what's coming towards you. I had lots of animals that come from nowhere towards you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you have to be aware in the ocean. Wow. V, look, I'm going to let you go. I know you've got an important shoot coming up today. Look, massive thanks for coming on and doing this at such short notice. I've had an absolute ball talking to you. I know the listener will as well. So thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew. I'm looking forward to see you when you come up to Exmouth. Yeah, but you've sold me. I'm coming. (laughs) (laughs) Have a beautiful day and I'll talk to you another time. Lovely to meet you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with V as much as I did. V, if you're listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, being so open about your business, the way everything works and sharing as much as you did. I do hope you're able to get out there and get the images and the footage that you're hoping to 
right after we finished recording that interview with the orcas and the humpback whales. For you, the listener, I hope I'm right when I say I'm sure that you got a ton from this interview as well. If you have a follow-up question for V, if you'd like to hit her up with a question I didn't ask, maybe you want her to dive deeper into something that she talked about, you can ask her in the comments area of the show notes and you can find them this week at photobizx.com forward slash 381. The comments area are at the very bottom of those show notes. And in those same show notes, I've got links to anything and everything that V mentioned, including her social media accounts, her different websites. It's all there in the show notes, in addition to some of her beautiful work. It's all there in that one spot. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding V into the members Facebook group so you'll have easy access to her there. That is it for this episode of the podcast. Don't forget, I am super easy to access. So if you have an interview suggestion, if there's a photographer, a business expert, a marketing expert that you would like to hear on the show, maybe there's a photography coach that you'd love to hear more about, shoot me an email. It's andrew at photobizx.com and I'll do what I can to get that person on the show for you, either at the end of this year or at the start of 2021. And who can't wait? (laughs) Can't wait for the end of this year. Yeah, let's hope uh, 2021 turns out to be uh, a lot better for all of us photographers and the world at large when it comes to it. And also feel free to message me if you have suggestions for the podcast, if you think there should be a new segment, if you don't like one of the existing segments, if you'd like to see specific questions getting answered, if you'd like to see the return of the 10 quick questions. I'd love to hear your feedback. I'm always open to suggestions and always looking to improve the podcast any way I can. I've got some big ideas in the pipeline as we speak for the show. More about those as I get confirmation and as they come to fruition. But rest assured, my number one aim for the podcast is to make sure you're getting the kind of information from the guests that I have on the show to help you improve your photography business. So if there's any way I can make that easier for you, if I can help you along that journey to become more successful, more profitable, more quickly, let me know. I'm here and happy to help any way I can. Big thanks again to V Brosig for coming on and sharing everything she did. And also a big shout out and thanks to Craig Cooper for letting me know how wonderful a guest V would have been and that she turned out to be. So big thanks to you, Craig. Really do appreciate the suggestion. Alrighty, that's it for this week. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 